Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Let me bang you, I do let you bang Let me bang you, Let me bang you, Let me bang you, Greetings, Mads and Bridges. Go for Jesus! No for gay Jesus, people! Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for your favorite mixed martial arts podcast. Recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. What's up, people? Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. I just got done with a therapy appointment, so I'm still in that therapy therapy mood. Oh, uh, just. I don't know. Is that a good mood or is that a bad mood? Because it could either be like a relief or you could be all on your head about what you just said. And, you know, it could have drudged up things you didn't even want to think about. So what is it? This was like me venting, me venting about my life. That's good, though. That's good, then. Yeah. I mean, I guess venting with like resolutions good. Uh, Just venting. (laughs) Or, or then there's just like venting, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, uh, that could be good too. Cause at least you didn't piss off your wife in the process. So, yeah, man, marriage. Look, uh, I love my wife and I love my marriage, but it's fucking not easy. And it's definitely not easy when you're a comedian who works at night and travels and then you got a baby and it's just a lot, man. I mean, anyone who thinks they're ready, you're never ready. That's what I tell people. Like, you're never ready to get married. You're never ready to have a kid. You just have to fucking do it and then figure it out. Because at no point, uh, I'm not saying do it when you're 18, 19, but I don't think there's ever a perfect time to just be like, now I'm ready. Well, now, while I will agree that there is no perfect time, there will never be a perfect time where you're 100% ready. She's 100% ready. All your finances are in order. Everything's perfect. That, That you're right. That's a fantasy. But I will say this, as you know, the having a kid thing is a choice. In other words, I I love, you know, I I honestly, I've never understood why everyone feels like you have to have a kid. Not that you didn't, that you felt that way. I know you guys wanted to have a kid. I know you love your kid. I know it's fantastic. But I also love not having kids. And I don't, and I don't feel pressured. I don't wake up every day going, oh, we got to have a kid or why didn't I have kids? Like, I'm fine with my choices. This is my choice. This is my version of life. This is the way that I choose to lead it. And I think that that's a valid option too. You know, 1000%. I I was just like, I was just frustrated because like I drove Saturday. I did, I drove to Lake Havasu to do a show and, and it, I don't know the weather. It was like snow and sleet and rain. And it was, Oh, that's right. It was crazy, crazy here. That's right. I was lucky. Enough. It's so funny. I, I I was here when cra- things were crazy in Texas. And then I went to Texas while things were crazy here. So I really had a really good luck. So then, I, then I did two shows that were just insane, which I'll talk about. And then I was like, you know what? I go to Vegas Monday. I want to see my wife and kid. So I'll just drive back after the show. I turned around, drove seven hours back in the, in the snow and sleep. And then I got home at like four. And I don't know about you. I just can't just go to bed. When I, when I drive five, six hours, I can't just go to bed. I need like, 
a half hour or an hour. So I took like an Ambien so I could fucking sleep. And then Brie was taking bit the baby to the Little Mermaid that ballet, and she was mm-hmm. she's like, "Can you can you help me get get the kid ready?" And I'm like, 10 o'clock in the morning." I'm like, "I got four hours of sleep." And then while she was there, I like did a fucking thousand chores around the house, clean everything, and then she gets back and she's like, "You know, it's just, things are still messy. Like, I can't. It's just a, it's a lot of shit, and it's it's not her. It's not. I'm not. I'm not here to bitch about my wife. It's just like." Sometimes I just feel like I just can't do enough, um, but it's hard because I'm just gone. Then I just fucking leave. So then it's right, and that, you know what? So, and that that is again that is the challenge of our career choice because you got to leave to make money. Yeah, you can't make money sitting around here. I, mean, I, don't want just, people, not, I don't want people watching this podcast to think that my wife is like, because people are like, you said your wife sells terrible. No, no, my wife is amazing. And I'm, I'm your wife is wonderful. Like, I love her. Like, she's blessed. a sweetheart of a person for sure. These are just a couple problems. Anyway, but this fucking show, dude. So I get to the show in Lake Havasu. And um, first of all, the feature was funny, but like, you know, like ever get a feature, it gets a huge pop, like, ah, because he brought all the fucking people. And I'm sure. like, so and you're like, so anyway, and they're always on. trying to bury you too. They always want to like try and bury you. Like I, I should be in the headliner. Like all right. But the second, the second show, this fucking lady came with like five dudes, and right in the middle, middle of my set, she throws up. I said something to her, and she threw a a slipper at me. And this, she had she brought slippers to throw to the comics, and the slippers had like boobs on them. They were like titty slippers, right? So, so now I'm just having a blast with the fucking titty slipper. I'm like, and then I start like going off on her. Cause like, who the fuck throws a slipper at somebody, you know? And then she, I go, where did you meet your husband? Right. And it was like, this like cool black dude, some guy that looked like he was, I don't know, like wearing a cowboy hat. Some other guy looked like hillbilly Jim. And then this woman, right. Who was probably like mid fifties. and looked like she's been through some shit in life. Right. So then she's like, oh, I was on house arrest. When I met him, right? So right away, I'm like, well, why were you on house arrest? Well, I was working at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, so then it just became, I'm like, is that where you met the colonel? The guy next to him looking at the colonel? Yeah, right, just perfect. Just, she's like, well, because of drugs. I'm like, so you were on drugs? No, I wasn't on drugs while I was on house arrest. So this went on to like, a, it became like a who's on first type thing. I got to post a clip. I'm not even doing it justice how fucking ridiculous this woman was. <laughs> show was the slipper that got thrown on my head um it was insane it was fucking insanity uh but I, greg i know you're gonna say you know you don't have to say yes to every show this show paid what i usually make it a week in like well and that's the kind of show you do have to say yes to absolutely yes so it's the other ones the fucking 50 dollars bowling alley shows you don't have to say yes to you fucking dummy so then, like, I drive to Vegas yesterday, and you know, you know, Tricks, funny comic, mm-hmm. really funny black comic from Ontario, from Toronto, and I felt bad because I, me and my wife got into it on Friday, on Sunday night before I left, but then we made up, and it was one of those things where we're sleeping in different rooms, and I'm like, for that night, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I jump into the bed with her, we cuddle, everything works out, we end up sleeping together, and she's like, and she apologizes. She's like, I'm sorry for everything I said, like, while we're having sex. That's how you know the sex is good when she's apologizing, right? Even though she doesn't mean it, she's just saying it to be funny. But, um, so then I, I drive to Vegas, and more snow, and fucking hail, and sleep, and, and I get there, I'm in the green room, and Trix just starts going on about, like, you know, you know who's killing it right now? Matt Rife. 
if you don't know Matt Reif, Matt Reif is this like really good looking younger comic who's blown up on TikTok. He's like, yeah, he just got a 15 million fucking tour uh, from, uh, you know, uh, Live Nation. And I did this comedy club. Every waitress wanted to fuck him. And then women are driving nine hours to see. And I finally, I'm like, I don't care about fucking Matt Wright. I, I was like, I don't, I don't give a fuck enough about Matt Wright. Like, I like. Can I say this, though? Well, that's very true. The kid is gorgeous. Is Dane yeah. Cook better than Dane because he's he's better looking? Than, I mean, he's but he is that he. But I gotta say, I mean, he's a really great kid. I mean, I did a show with him at the Improv, and he was really. I mean, he was great kid. Now, and it was the first time that I'd done a stand-up show where the audience had a bunch of young people in it, which was very weird because my set is not built for them anymore. And and so I, it was odd, like trying to relate to these Gen Zers. That I'm like, you guys haven't come to comedy clubs like this in a very long time. I don't think you realize how comedy clubs work. It's not, you know, this isn't a safe environment. And even the material he was doing, I think they were shocked because he was saying black guys. And yeah. they're like, Ugh. like even the stuff he was doing, like the littlest thing, they were getting all, you know. And He's I'm a like, very good comic, but he used to be like, I can't believe how much you're getting heckled in your videos. I never saw a guy deal with hecklers more than you. And he posts heckler videos and gets a billion, like <laughs> fucking, but nothing against Matt Wright. I don't care about Matt Wright. I just didn't, I was just not in the mood to hear about somebody who's getting all the pussy and all the money. And the, it just kept, it kept building. And before you know it, he like, and I, I just kind of was like, I don't care. And then Trix felt bad. Like he was like, oh, ooh. and he like shut up. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like now I feel fucking bad because I was half kidding, half didn't want to hear it. So then I'm like, okay, please tell me more about Matt Wright. I I, I want to hear about him. Just just tell me, how's he, where's he from? So then I, now I'm trying to overcompensate and I'm asking him all about Matt Wright. And then he gets off stage and I was like, Matt Wright has some tags for you. You know, it was just one of those things where... <laughs> It's like, I, I felt bad. I actually felt kind of, you've never done that, Greg? you never like just been like enough and then you feel bad, you have to walk it back? Yeah, it's like, why are we talking about it? Why are you bringing this up to me? Why are, why are you, you know, I mean, we know the kid. The guy's a great, I mean, he's a good kid. He's a good yeah, guy. Yeah. I, I got nothing against him. You know, uh, he's a sweetheart of a guy and, you know, God yeah. bless him. I, there, and honestly, this, what he's experiencing now, I expected this to happen five, six years ago because he's just so fucking gorgeous. And he's on, and he was on wilding out. It's not like he hasn't had a platform. It's not like he hasn't been. I, I, I again, I expected this several years ago. I'm surprised it took this long. Because the kid, every time he's been on stage, I'm like, fuck this kid. He's so fucking yeah. good looking. But he is a good kid. And I got to tell you, much nicer than Dane Cook ever was. I got, I, I like Matt Rife. I got no problem with him. This kind of blow up, I, I, again, I, I got no problem I just don't want to hear it. I just didn't like. I just right didn't. exactly. It's like I'm here to do my show. Why are we talking about my wife? He's not here, you know. I like, know. and why is Trix worried about it? I mean, what? I guess because Trix doesn't know him, so he's just no, jealous Trix of him was, or something. Friends with him. It was like one of those things where he was. He wasn't like he wasn't putting him down. He was just saying, oh, "I can't believe how." Anyway, I felt bad about like I'm like, bro, sorry that I just was like I. I was just more of like me driving. 25 hours in the fucking sleet and snow and missing my kid and my, my fucking bunny. One of the, you know, I told you how we have three bunnies and one of them 
you know, Brie always thinks like she's like the bunny has a little hole in his nose. I'm like, that's because they had fights with the other bunnies. No, it's because a fly came in and laid <laughs> fucking things. And I'm like, that's not what happened. No, it's because so, he has a coke problem. Quit making excuses for the bunny. The bunny's had a coke problem for years, and it's finally caught up with it. Dude, I was just like, you don't know bunnies. I've had bunnies. Okay, we'll take them to the fucking house. So now Saturday, I'm driving in the fucking seat, and then I'm calling no, urgent, oh, calling, no. calling urgent no, care no, no. for fucking bunnies. Oh, and they're like, what's the bunny's name? Uh, I'm like, his name is Gable. Okay, and what is, is he eating? He's not eating. Okay, <laughs> what's wrong with him? Well, the other bunny keeps humping his face. Like, it just became a fucking thing. Uh, so, far, so she goes to urgent care. What's his name? Pablo Escobar the bunny. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man. But he he identifies as a, as a fucking gerbil. Like I just start like I'm making jokes to the lady, and then they can't get him in because he's an exotic animal. So she gets the bunny in finally at like nine o'clock at night on Saturday, and of course it, it didn't have flies in its face. Three hundred dollars later, it was just a little scratch. So now, but now they told us not to keep the bunnies outside if it's not seventy five degrees. So now we have three bunnies in our fucking bathroom. So anytime you go in the bathroom, there's this bunny shit everywhere, which I'm cleaning. And then I got a, the, 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 the baby shitting over the bunnies and they're nip, nibbing at it and they're eating bananas, which fucking rot in three seconds. It's, it's, a, it's a hole. Sean, how I are have you? to say, what did you get done in therapy? Because <laughs> it sounds like you still you still got a bend. Like if that's what they're doing in therapy, I think you just need the podcast. I think you can quit therapy. Sean, how are you? Doing all right. I do have a rule of thumb, whatever that is. But uh, with me, if the vet bill is going to be more than I could replace the pet with, then the pet goes to meet Jesus. Like that's my uh, right. But no, my, no, uh, I, and that there's a reason. That's because you're a heartless wonder. That's why. <laughs> Only a cruel motherfucker would, I, although I have to admit that was my family's policy growing up and it wasn't even, it was going to cost more. It was just, if he had to go to the vet, he was not coming. Back. <laughs> it's time for his shots. Like I got a shot for him. That's it. So I can just totally. <laughs> that was it. He's got to go to the vet. Yeah. He's not coming back. Yeah, uh, my, uh, whatever yeah. procedure it was, putting him down was always cheaper. Yeah. So I, uh, I take care of my dogs and everything, but like sometimes like one ate a towel the other day. And it was probably like a foot long, like hand towel. It got a hold of somehow and ate it. Oh my and God. It, and it, for me, that's the breaks. I guess you shouldn't eat the towel. You know, like they said, there's nothing we can do. And I was like, well, I'm going to let him, he hasn't eaten for three days. He'll barely drink anything. He's either going to die or, you know, um, he's going to pass it because they're like, we can't open up his intestines. Obviously and this is a dog. It's probably worth $10,000. I was like, well, what happens happens then. I mean, I'm not going to put him to sleep, you know, or see what happens unless he gets really, you know, bad. But he uh, eventually yeah, put a long rag and then he was fine again. But uh, I definitely, I called a place that wanted, I think, $1,500 to see him because it was emergency hours. And I started cracking up. I said, you think I'm going to pay you $1,500 to, like, I wouldn't come for myself for $1,500 if I'd swallow a rag, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it does are out of your minds uh, on a regular vet. So wait a minute. So the dog shit out a foot long rag. A foot long rag wrapped in poop. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It finally did. It wouldn't eat or drink hardly anything for five days, and he was really really sick. And I was like, they said uh, they did. You're like, he's got to work it out. Yeah, that's yeah, it. that's the option. And they're like, well, I mean, we could do. I mean, they had a bunch of things they could try for thousands of dollars. And I was like, no, he maybe he won't eat a rag next time. You know, like that's exactly. Like, it's like, or he'll learn his lesson. One of the other. Right. Well, what happened with us is me and my daughter are at the park and this bunny starts following us around. I'm like, obviously someone dumped the bunny here because bunnies don't just follow you around. It looks like right. one of those like, you know, bunnies that like a magician has like a white with black spots. 
So then I, I, I go, Brie, we have an hour of a bunny. I know what to do. She spends $400 on a walk-in chicken coop, like fucking, <laughs> like builds a whole thing for it. And then people come to the house and they're like, oh, you can't have one bunny because it's going to get depressed. You have to get other bunnies. So we go to the pound and the pound guy's like, oh, these come in pairs. So now we have three bunnies and right away, this guy is not fixed. So he just starts raping the other fucking bunnies. We brought right. the bunnies in to get raped. It's a fucking rape right. room, right? <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to have 12 bunnies. So not going to... Well, the girl. You, you realize, Adam, this is still all your own fault. You were the one that brought the first bunny. Right. So then, the fuck, you could have said, "Baby, it's a wild animal. It could have rabies. We can't have it." And just gone home. You could have just gone home, Adam. <laughs> well, now I, I can empathize with Adam to a degree because my girlfriend is so like literally tries to save spiders and put them back outside. Like a giant, nasty-looking spider in her house, she'll catch it and put it outside. And I'm like, "Oh, do you want it somewhere easier for me to kill? Because I'm not, I'm not having big poisonous spiders around well, my house." Well, so I feel bad because I walk out, the bunnies are getting raped. They're just running for their fucking lives all day from this one we found. So right. then, and in California, a bunny is an exotic animal. It's not even so. It's it's considered exotic. So it's eight hundred dollars to fix a bunny. Right? I had to fucking lie and say I. So that I had to be on a waiting list for people that. So finally, we get the bunnies fixed, and uh, and now, yeah. So now, now should the bunny be forced to have the baby if it was raped by the other bunny? Like that's what I really want to know. In your guys' opinion, only in Texas. And when does it become a bunny? At what point is it actually a bunny? <laughs> My <laughs> thing is, is you know, again, simple solution. You can just leave the door open to the coop, and all your problems are solved, buddy. I hate to say it. Really? Oh, I didn't like the door. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. What, you know, like. And the good news is, you made a coyote's night. You know, like if you do that. Exactly. So he's exactly. So. Some coyote is having a great night. I don't know if you've ever had bunny stew. It's from what I hear, right. pretty good. Uh, Tastes like right, bunny. Right. I do have a funny story, real quick, for you guys. Back in the day, I used to have Jack Russell Terriers. And uh, okay, by the way, anytime you say "quick story," real funny, neither two are going to be true. <laughs> Please continue. Please continue. <laughs> This might be a little disturbing. So um, <laughs> I uh, I lived in a, back when I used to have money, I lived in a real exclusive neighborhood. At least that's what they told me when I spent a fortune on the house. But it's uh, houses right on top of each other, but like mansions, you know what I mean? Or whatever, kind of like, I mean, right. not like the hills, but like just one of these McMansion places, you know, whatever. Sure, so sure. Nice development. Three, yeah. I only had one neighbor really close though. And luckily they were rushing and out of their minds. They had a redheaded kid who I tried to, he was the one I tried to shoot with a BB gun on accident and tried to, Hit him with my car, things like that. But he uh, he sucked. So anyway, he's in jail for cocaine now for selling cocaine. So he he had it coming. But anyway, I come out one night and I see four coyotes standing in my backyard and they didn't run from me. They gave me like a disrespectful look. Like I said, hey, like get out of here because we backed up to some woods and the, even though we were in a neighborhood and they just sit there and looked at me and kept smelling around. So I took it as like an ultimate sign of disrespect. So I went and got my Glock 9 millimeter came out and just started shooting at him. Like, you know, so they took off like they learned pretty quick not to come in my yard I thought so we had some Jack Russells and I let him out in their little run play area um one night for an hour and I come out and one of them's missing and I was like well that's weird because I live like in a neighborhood you know what I mean like I wouldn't think like I did see those coyotes that one night and I wouldn't think how oh, you think your dog would be safe for an hour outside in a caged in area you know yeah so like you know five six foot fence even though they can coyotes can jump anything so anyway I realized pretty fast that uh, the dog is missing and I'm like, okay, he didn't get out. There's no way he dug out. He didn't climb. So obviously one of the other, the other dog looks shaken. The female looks shaken by the whole thing. So they came back and got him, I guess, revenge. 
uh, for their homies that I shot at. So uh, I put on Facebook the next day um, that uh, like a coyote, I, I came out, told the story, and I said, so it led me to one of two conclusions, either A, uh, my dog wasn't fast enough to get away, or B, Acme has drastically improved the quality of their product line. That's funny. And like almost nobody got it, but the two people that did really loved it. That's a Roadrunner joke, in case you guys didn't That is, it. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, there's an, epi- no, there's, an episode, you know, there's an episode where the, uh, the Roadrunner loses. There's actually one episode where where the coyote. Really? Yeah, it's the only one. Like the coyote, That's amazing. It's like you can find it on YouTube. Anyway, so did you guys watch the fights last week? Span versus Krylov. That one got canceled. Uh, no. All right, uh, Greg. Uh, here's the thing. I've been working too much. I keep missing everything. I just barely got to watch the Volkanovski fight yesterday. Oh, you just caught up to that one. I just uh, caught up with that one with that whole card. Minifield, that was a crazy fight. I how that wound up a draw, I have no idea. You know what? Volkanovski just needed one more fucking minute. One more minute, and he knocks that fucker out. I, hope been he, over. I know yep. I know he's got to go defend now versus Jair Rodriguez or whatever. But I mean, I want to see the rematch because I think he finally figured out how to fight that guy in the last fucking round and that rematch is going to be fantastic sorry but yeah, that's as far as i Anderson caught Silva up now. versus chael sudden one too it's fucking that's a month ago dude fucking catch I know, up i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> it's all good it's all good we love you all right so what happened was it was supposed to be ryan span uh versus krillov but krillov got food poisoning like like they announced it during the during the event like, hey, breaking news, the, the main event's off. Uh, which, and the fans didn't notice any difference. Like, we don't know any of these fighters anyway, so it works out. I didn't know I didn't know who the main event was to begin with. So, so Brendan Allen, uh, who was a big underdog, he, kid from, like, I think he's from New Orleans, beat Andre Munez, which was which was crazy because he was uh, – uh, this other guy was on a four-fight winning streak, was just fucking up everybody. So that, that was good. Uh, and then also uh, Tatiana Suarez, who's back, First round, she hasn't fought in like three years because I told you she had cancer and then she tore her ACLs, both like both of them, meniscus, all kinds of problems. And this girl's undefeated. Uh, she went up a weight class, fought Montana De La Rosa, won. In the second round, choked her out with a guillotine. Um, but first round didn't look great, but it was three years off, you know, so it's, um, but Montana's tit was popping out. Um, halfway through the, like the first round, she was like bent over and, and like, and you're like, I don't know. As a forty-four, so basically it was a submission by embarrassment. I was trying not to look. I was actually like <laughs> trying to be quasi like respectful in some fucking weird way. Like I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. I was actually trying trying to like, not to look in a way. And I, Adam like, and Bruce Buffer were the only two men who had no interest in seeing that. Well, I mean, you really you, you realize I now have to go watch this fight as soon as we're done right. with this podcast. Her tit like, looked amazing. I'm not going to lie. It looked like it was a beautiful tit. Uh, so, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm surprised that beautiful and more. tit don't normally go together in the same sentence. Like, that's not... That's not, that's I think like, you're thinking of vagina. I think it's you're like he made love to me in the ass. You don't hear that very often either. <laughs> Dude, there's a guy I know who's a, a celebrity, and so is his wife. And day one, when he, he, he we're, t- we're talking, and he goes, Is your wife a three hole girl? Which I didn't even know what that even meant. And I was like, What does that mean? And he goes, Oh, she like in the ass? And I'm like, No, we've never done it in the ass. Right. And then he's like, I'm like, What about your wife? He's like, Three times a day. Loves it in the ass, right? Every night. So now every time I see her, all I keep thinking about is her getting fucked in the ass. So like, there's nothing I could, I could even, you know. Yeah. And the same as not too far. 
Uh, and then, uh, this guy, this guy, Trevor Peak won. He beat Eric Gonzalez, uh, whose nickname is a ghost pepper. Um, and then that guy, that guy, Jordan Levy won, you know, the guy that like does lap dances basically, uh, uh, who's not gay, but he does very flamboyant moves. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, but he, he sounds fancy. The, the, you know, the guy, he lost to Patty Pimlet. He wins and does like a split. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like yeah. doing strange like ballet slash twerking moves. He was twerking in the octagon. The twerking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he won his fight quickly. He like knocked the guy out in like 13 seconds. Just came out there and just beat the shit out of this guy. Didn't knock him out, but like fuck him up. Uh, knees. He clinched him and just fucking and then didn't do any of his twerking. Like I guess he he's like retired from splits and twerking. Like it was uh very disappointed. That's when Dominic Cruz turned it off. Just <laughs> changed the channel. You, you know what? I, okay, wait. By the way, I'm looking at this right now on the UFC website, and and I just want to tell you who won performance of the night. Uh, Brandon Allen. Yes. Tatiana Suarez. Yes. Mike Mallett. Yeah. Trevor Peak. Yes. Jordan Levitt. Yes. Yeah. And won. Joe Selecki. Everyone won performance of the night. Yeah, I, okay, probably... so either the title means nothing anymore. Or they've gotten really generous with the bonuses, and uh, and you missed out, McCorkle. Or they save money on the main event. Or they save money on the the guy that that, that pulled out. Oh, well, maybe did. that's what it is. They say, and so they just doled it out in like six. It looks like six people got performance of the night, but which that's great. Listen, you know what? If I if that if that's the case, then if I were a fighter, every card I'm on, I'm poisoning the fucking headline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting some shit in this food, and they're gonna be like another bucket of poisoning. Okay, so here's the performance of the night. All right, so here's the girls. Uh, boom, coming out. Hold on. Uh, there you go. Focus. Put it right in front of it so it doesn't focus on you. There you go. I think you have your background blurred, so it's gonna throw everything off. All right, hold on. Let me see. Uh, uh all right, here we go. It's like trying to uh, jerk off to cable porn in the late eighties. <laughs> I'm sure she'll appreciate you sharing it. Uh, see, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's it is pretty though. You're right. That's a good looking boob. <laughs> anyway, uh, so and then uh, Andrea KGB wrote like that happened to Jessica Andrade. People don't understand these sports bras by Venom suck. I have I have so many requests for the seamstress when they let us try on the uniform. I just double up on sports bras because they're so unreliable. I saw you trying to fix that too during the fight. I hate that. So yeah, that kind of sucks. I mean, get it together. Um, you better make sure she covers up whatever whoever's making her sports brogs. If the UFC finds out anything but one of their sponsors is showing, they're gonna freak out, man. Like they're not allowed to. If they're not getting paid by it for it, they don't want it on there. I, I got turned down. I don't know. If I told you, Adam. I got offered fifty thousand dollars for my UFC debut to wear a local casino's uh, t-shirt on a walkout on a non-televised fight. Just because the guy was like trying to help me out, like be nice, fifty grand to wear it, and the UFC said no. And I said I don't understand. Well, if Fertitta's own casinos, I said they don't own them in Indiana, and it's not on TV or pay per view. And even if you replay it later, you're not going to show the walkout because it's a prelim. So, are you guys going to give me fifty thousand dollars to wear the shirt? You know, uh, they also denied me a fifteen hundred dollar patch on my shirt that was a vodka company that didn't even say the company name, just a symbol, a little two by two patch because Budweiser is a sponsor. 
And I was like, well, Budweiser isn't necessarily the same people as like vodka drinkers, you know what I mean? Or whatever. And yeah. I doubt Budweiser's going to lose any money. I said the same thing. Can I get a Budweiser patch and $1,500 in? Like, is all I get? I don't understand. The worst but, yeah, Tyron grand, I was so excited now. they were going to pay me 50 grand to wear that shirt. And they were like, nope. So, the worst when Tyron Woodley got knocked out by Jake Paul and had dude wipes on his ass. And he's yeah. just like face down with <laughs> fucking dude wipes in the air. And you're just like, oh, God. All right. So I guess we got to talk about that. Uh, the well, no, in the early, wait a minute, but in the early days, they used to let people wear all kinds of sponsorships. In the earlier days, it was later that they're like they, you know, once it became more legitimate and they were able to bring on more league sponsorships. But in the beginning, yeah, fighters were allowed to wear like nine different fucking sponsors on their shit, which, which they still as long should. as it didn't cost the Fertitas ten cents. So. They, 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 which they should be now. Tommy Fury beat Jake Paul, which look, we all. First of all, I was impressed by Tommy Fury because Sean told me he was the worst boxer he's ever seen, right? I believed he was, yeah. And uh, I got to give him credit because he outboxed Jake Paul. And I guess this is what happens when he fights a guy with boxing experience. Uh, when he fights MMA guys who are used to defending takedowns and they have to correct their stance and aren't in boxing stances and kind of go punch for punch and don't know the correct head movement. He looks like a world beater when he fights NBA players or other YouTubers. When he fights a guy who has actually boxed and trained in boxing, like Tommy Fury, who's not, I don't even think an amazing boxer, but he just, he has a pretty good chin and he, and he knew that every time Jake Paul is going to load up. Now that being said, Jake Paul is a good boxer for, doing it for three or four years and, and the right training. And he's a good athlete, but it's, I think he kind of got exposed in this situation, Sean. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly what happened. You saw for the first time when he was fighting a guy who intended to hurt him when he was punching him. Like, like if you watch, dude, I'm telling you, I don't know about the, I know Greg thinks the no knockout clause is probably true. I'm on that side now more uh, than ever. Cause when you see Anderson Silva, he's thrown at half speed. When you see, uh, Tyron Woodley's don't have speed. Tommy Fury, even his jabs had snap on him like he intended to hurt him, and it changes everything. You can't land that right hand when the guy's trying to hurt you with a jab, you know, whereas, I I mean, I don't know how Anderson Silva goes from throwing fast punches, all of a sudden he's playing Jake Paul and everything's at half speed unless it's rigged, you know? Like, it, uh, I don't know. I, I was funny. I was making, I was telling you guys I wouldn't bet on it because I thought they were trying to rig it as a draw. And then when I watched it, I was like, this fight should have been a draw. Like, that's what's so crazy is that, like, it actually – I actually thought it was a draw. I thought he was down two rounds going in the eighth. And if you count that as a knockdown, then obviously you got to give him a 10-8. But, uh, yeah, Tommy Fury's still not a great boxer, but he looked great fighting Jake Paul. So, so I, mean, what do you I found it interesting that the script got leaked <laughs> and all of a sudden that's the fight that Jake Paul loses. I don't know because that script, that script had like. That it script seems like bit. once they had to throw away the script and actually have a fight, that <laughs> all of a sudden Jake Paul can win. I, I mean, yes, I agree. This was his first fight against a boxer, but it seemed awfully coincidental <laughs> that a script comes out and all of a sudden Jake Paul loses. So, yeah, but yeah, but in, in their defense, that script was a little bit like. Guy's eye blows up. I mean, I don't think you could script a guy's eye all of a sudden blowing up in the fourth round, and he he's not able to see. And then they had improv written into the script. It was like some improv. Like, start doing stand up out of nowhere. I don't. I yeah. He starts asking for suggestions. He's like, "All right, somebody give me an occupation." <laughs> Hello Fresh. Listen, with Hello Fresh, you get farm fresh 
free portion ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. My wife and I, we've been having these HelloFresh meals all week. It has been incredible. I highly recommend you skip trips to the grocery store and you count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's right, affordable, okay? Which is why it's America's number one meal kit. Not number two, not number three, number one. All right, listen. Remember those New Year's goals you promise yourself you stick to? Well, HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door. Taking the hassle out of dinner time, okay? I know that it could be like, oh, we got to go here, we got to go there, we got this, we got to get in the car, gas, the kid. You get, no, forget that. Right to your door. You get HelloFresh and skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the long checkout lines where you're sitting there and people are having the dumbest conversations. You're like, get me out of here. No, spend more time doing the things you love with delicious chef-crafted recipes delivered to your doorstep. They now have 40 weekly recipes to choose from. 40, come on, it's a lot. You could say bye-bye to your recipe rut and treat yourself and your family to exciting new flavors every week, okay? I am not a cooking guy. I stink at it, but I've been using HelloFresh and whoa, it's like, it's awesome. My wife and I, we bond, the kid helps. All right, so go to hellofresh.com slash roasted65. Use the code roasted65 for 65% off uh, plus free shipping. Right, I'm telling you guys, hellofresh.com slash roasted65. All right, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Number one meal kit. Number one. So go there now and thank me later. Or thank me now. What's up, people? I want you guys to know that Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, NHL, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. They got live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite leagues and events. So, people, head to their website today or use your mobile uh, device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. That's right, CLNS50. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Highly recommend. <laughs> Give me a non-geographical location. Yeah. No, but I, again, I to me, it stunk of the fact that once the fix was exposed, they're like, I don't know, I guess just have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it that's what it read like to me. That's what the scenario read like to me. That once the script got abandoned, they didn't know what to do. So they were like, just, just, just fucking fight. And as it turns out, he got exposed because it was against a real fighter. They would have I, to I will say about the script, if you were going to write a script, you would put ridiculous things in there for plausible deniability. So like right. maybe 75% of it's what you're going to do. And like, oh, by the way, his eyes are going to swell shut. So you can say, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's obviously fake. Uh but like misinformation, but uh, if for the first time you saw, like I said, a guy actually tried to hurt him when he threw punches, when, even when Tyron Woodley shook him, he danced around and like followed him and didn't try to just point it at him and didn't really try to follow it up, you know, whereas Tyron Woodley in the UFC, if he stunned somebody, would go after him and try to murder him, you know, like it just, uh, I don't know, man. And plus the, he does have a chin. He got hit, Fury got hit a couple times and man, he shook it off immediately. And uh, 
kept swinging back. So it's. Uh, I, I'd like to. I'd like to do a little improv right now. Uh, <laughs> this is me as uh, Fury's manager. Two minutes before the fight, or uh, two hours before the fight. So look, um, the script's out. What do you mean? What do you mean the script's out? What am I still going to get paid? The, the like? Oh no no no! You're still going to get paid. Um, but the, we're we're not going to do the script anymore. So what do we? What am I supposed to fucking do? He goes, I, I, I guess it's fight him. I guess I can wait. Can I? Can I hit him? I, I guess so. Nobody knows what to do. The script's out. We don't. I guess we got to do it. So I can actually fucking hit this guy now. I think so. He's like, great. So fucking ring the bell. Get out there before they change their fucking minds. That's before they have time for rewrite. And scene. I mean, that would look. The whole thing, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, is this real life? Like, is this, are we really living on this earth right now? This whole thing is just so fucking bizarre. Um, I knew the script was out when Ryan Styles didn't show up in the sixth round. I thought, all right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Colin Mockery wasn't there to play a musical instrument or something, you know? <laughs> you know who leaked the script? Mike Perry. Mike Perry leaked the script, which is even- Of course. Even <laughs> that makes sense on every level. Like, no matter if it's real, fake, it all makes sense. It's no, but you see, that's how you know it's real, because Mike Perry can't write. <laughs> Right. So you know he didn't write that fucking fake ass script. He fucking found that on the floor and I was like, oh my <laughs> I, I guarantee you if Mike Perry did get a hold of it, he told the promoters, you better pay me a certain amount or I'm going to leak this, you know, because I'm sure he had backup money, but um, he wanted the fight. Obviously, he thought he could beat Jake Paul and he, wanted, he was hoping, like everyone else, we were all convinced that I was convinced up until the bell rang that Tommy Fury wasn't going to fight. Like I thought he was going to come up with a reason not to fight it two but, hours before. The, the problem in though is that now that like now people know that like anybody who's ever boxed before can pretty much beat Jake Paul. But I think Jake Paul still unfortunately beats Mike Perry and the Nate Diaz's and all these other guys who are MMA guys who totally agreed. Agreed. He needs to be I, I was glad at least he was fighting a boxer for fucking once. Yeah. Um and then he lost. And I'm like, well, there you go. There's your answer. But like Tyron Woodley is take wants to fight KSI, and I'm like, oh god, you know there was a there was a point where I had like me and Woodley and Ben Askren were all hanging out, and Askren was undefeated, and Woodley was the champion, and it was just like these fucking guys were like, you know, who I mean, who cares what anyone else thinks about them? Because I still fucking put them on the on the, the highest platform. But you're like, fuck, man, why is Woodley? Begging KSI for a box. Yeah, he'll get $20 million. Great. But do I want to see him lose to fucking KSI? I mean, Woodley's 40 years old. Like, watching Ben Askren get knocked out by Masvidal, I was depressed for a fucking week. And then when he got floored by... Ben Askren showed up for his fight with Jake Paul like a meatball. (laughs) I was like, that was the first time I was like, he didn't even try to make... Like, he just fucking... He was like, I hey, listen, I can't actually fight him, so why am I gonna train for it? He hired this, he hired this guy, K9 Bundridge, as his boxing trainer, who I don't know if you remember, the contender. He was the guy that used to bark like a dog, like arf, 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 ruff, ruff. Like and then he was the guy with literally zero experience boxing. Like they would laugh at him at how untechnical this guy was. And that's the guy that Ben Askren seeks out, uh, right. of course, to train him. The guy that barks. Reminds Again, me of Mick from Rocky. Like Rocky trained with Mick for years and couldn't slip a jab to save his life. 
Like, dude, how, what did you go to train with Apollo Creed and you don't know anything? You've been training with Mick for like, what, eight years, 10 years at this point. And, and Apollo Creed's like, dude, what the hell? You can't, you can't even like sidestep a jab. Like you can't yeah, even but, do your but feet to, rhythm. But to that point, his greatest boxing training tool was a chicken. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he's like, you catch a chicken, you're gonna. It's like, nah, I'm pretty sure that doesn't translate. I think mean, these are farmhand tools all, now. These boxing dude, tools. First of all, and he comes out with like he weighs like 140 pounds against Apollo Creed. I'm against Clubber Lang. Like he yeah. comes out like like not even a heavyweight. He comes out totally. Like, you were so lean. He was so lean. I just watched that the other day. I still love it. Dude, they never count knockdowns. A guy gets knocked down and he cuts right back up. Like they don't, yeah. even, they don't even the ref doesn't bother counting. Uh, yeah, and he does take so many jabs to the face. It's like just boom, boom, boom. And by the way, you my favorite thing about watching it is the 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 progression of the sound effects for the punches. Oh god. Because in the first in the first two movies, it sounds more like a you know, like a leather hit flap. In the third one, it sounds like someone's beating a trash can. It's just like a bang, bang, bang. I'm like, that what's what's well, Rocky. Well, Rocky Four. He goes no sparring. He goes to Russia and he does not. There's one round of sparring, like that, not one. The other guy's doing roids and this, yeah. and he's burning up a fucking mountain. Meanwhile, did you? I, I've been watching TikTok. I'm on Rocky TikTok for some reason, so, so that they give you all these these information. The Carl Weathers, he got the part because he auditioned, and then he goes in there and he goes, "Why don't you give me a real actor to fucking read with instead of Stallone?" And then, <laughs> and then he gave him the part. Like that was one. Then half those fights in Rocky actually turned into real fights with fucking Carl Weathers. Like he was actually trying to have to actually split it up. Then Drago put him in the hospital for like four weeks with like an actual shot. Like he actually fucking they had this postpone thing. Yeah, I thought he got. I thought he had a heart attack while he was trying to drag that sled through the snow. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious. I thought that's what stopped production. Was he? I thought that was the well. That was the story they released. Dude, like so, Victor, was that, Victor Ortiz tells me, Victor Ortiz comes to my house one night. He just shows up at my house for a party. I didn't even invite <laughs> him, right? And then and then he won't leave. I love him, but he he's like probably still there. He told me he got the Expendables because Rocky saw one of his boxing matches as a Stallone. And he calls him up and he's like, hey, man, uh, it's me, Sly. And he's like, oh, you think you're Sly? What, you want to fight? Oh, you think it? And then he hangs up on him. And then he's like, no, no, it's me, Sly, uh, Stallone. And he goes, quit fucking pranking me, asshole. Like, and then he goes, no, it's me, you know, Rocky, uh, Stallone. He goes, and then Victor goes, Rocky? (laughs) 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 Then he shows up to the audition, right? And he, and he doesn't memorize any of the lines, right? So it's him and Stallone. And he goes, Victor Ortiz goes, listen, I'm not an actor. You're an actor. I'm, I'm a boxer. But because of you, I became me. I'm the real Rocky in real life. And then he gives him the part as like the third lead at the fucking Expendables. The best I heard that he said, I heard that Victor said, I don't believe this is Rocky. Have Rambo call me back and confirm. Can I tell you, can I tell you, I actually follow Stallone on Instagram and he recently posted a thing. He's like how they wouldn't make, they they wouldn't green light Rocky seven. And he was blaming Erwin Winkler or whatever, the executive producer, for not wanting to do it. And he goes, I just want to show you guys the script that I actually was writing. And it was still a handwritten script. That's pretty awesome. He was still writing it by hand in a notebook. Good for him. Like, I'm like, maybe he's the one that wrote the Jake Paul script. (laughs) I was like, I think, no, because it would have been, it would have been a chicken's back. Right. (laughs) 
You know what I wouldn't like an explanation for is why is his nickname secretary? What the hell is his nickname Sly for when Sylvester is spelled S Y L? That's what I can't figure out. That'd be like Greg's nickname being Gurr. Oh man, like it doesn't make <laughs> sense. True. Right? Meanwhile, the guy who um who really Rocky was based on that like that a real boxer. You know that guy who uh almost beat Ali that one night, and then he actually yeah, yeah. Rocky saw this wrote the whole Rocky thing. Chuck <laughs> something. Uh oh god, what's his name? His first name's Chuck. Chuck Webner. Yeah. He auditioned for Rocky. He auditioned to be in Rocky. <laughs> but he got so right. coked out of his mind, didn't get the part. And then when they were shooting over the top in jail, he was in jail when Stallone was shooting the movie. He was in that jail. <laughs> Fucking poor guy. Um, so anyway. Did you get uh, the joke about the, his nickname being Cuck? Because that was great. Yes, that's what I was. Cuck, I saw Greg got it. I don't know. Yes, Cuck. Oh, I love no. the way you. Do, no, I love it when you're double back Sylvester to make sure you Cuck. get all the laps you deserve. That's like, let me just double back really quickly. Did you guys? Did everybody? Okay. I, I think Adam still didn't get it because Sylvester is sly, so Chuck would be Cuck. Uh, I got it. Got it. I get it. Okay. All right. I, I get Maybe it. Maybe it just wasn't funny. No, it's a it's a funny joke, dude. Your joke. Sean, like. He'll, he'll write me a text and it's like the sweetest fucking thing you've ever read and then at the end it comes out to bruce buffer's gay like the last line <laughs> i know that's why last year i was like who cares let him be gay let him be super gay who cares there's my nothing wrong is... with it i mean he's just a ring announcer who cares let live my, life. my plan is to eventually deny i ever said it when bruce buffer confronts me on it and then uh, just keep telling people online it wasn't me that said it, that it's a deep fake or something, like uh, after saying it 700 times. And my plan is that this podcast... There's finally... only 47 episodes of this podcast with you. <laughs> See, that's my biggest fear, is like one of us fucking really makes it, and then people go back, and then they listen to all these podcasts, and it's just one after another of like... 12,000 moments of people like, what the fuck? But then we'll have the most successful podcast ever because people will be like, wait, Don Fry said what? Uh, mm -hmm. Like McCorkle said what? Like Greg was what? You know, dude, what's crazy to think, I think this all the time. It's conceivable that 10 or 15 generations from now, your great, 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 great grandchildren could look back and see you say this stuff. Like, so it has to be like, because because of the way the world is now, you know what I mean? It isn't like, all about Christopher Columbus's journal, he this or that or whatever, like literally 10 generations from now, someone might look back and see you say a bad or good joke and appreciate it or hate it. You know what I mean? Like, And like, that's why I never had children. They're not going to be my man. descendants, that's for sure. You're not kidding, though, man. Though, uh, Rodney Dangerfield is one of my top three comedians of all time. I can watch, dude, I'll show my wife. I'm like, you got to, or, or like, I'll uh, Rodney Dangerfield. D you know, Dangerfield? Rodney? You, you froze right when you said it. Who is it? Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, he's the best. And then, like, Al Bundy. You look at, like, best of Al Bundy insults. Like, like it's the greatest. You can't do it now because everyone get mad at all the fat jokes. Yeah. There's, like, 20 minutes of just fat jokes of him at the shoe store that are just yeah. the funniest things you've ever... Like I, I, I fucking die laughing. I fucking I start crying laughing about like like you know does this make me look fat? What the earth? You know just to him shitting on these fucking women, it, it's yeah. it's brilliant. Uh, I, I Greg, it was is a ever, different time. It was a different is it ever time. gonna go back to that? Is it ever gonna go back to that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It will without question. 
Because everything's <laughs> listen, everything is cyclical. The pendulum just goes from one end to the other. They're all uptight now, and then some comics gonna come out and uh, just blow it all apart, and then they'll be like, and then every guy, and then it's already happening. The anti woke movement is already fully on its in full gear, and so it's just a matter of before that becomes the standard. I mean, you got to think about it. Before it was like you know, the dirty first it was clean comedy, and you know during the Cosby time, and then come, here comes Pryor, and then all the way through Dice Clay, where it gets super fucking filthy, and then along comes Jerry Seinfeld, and everything gets super fucking clean again, and everything washes back out super clean, and then it swings back the other, everything gets super edgy and racial, and all you know socially just very very edgy, and then it swings all the way back around, and the other time, don't say anything, everyone's gonna be hurt, and then it'll it will the pendulum will swing back the other way garen fucking t and i don't know when i don't know who it'll be i wish it were me but i don't it depends <laughs> on, i really do i hope i'm the guy to break it back but i mean it just it will eventually swing back the other way i know i do my damnedest on a daily basis and it doesn't seem to be picking up steam ah, but boy i'll <laughs> tell you you i know you do sean i know you do <laughs> Dude, I will say I find it interesting that our society, it cracks me up, like Greg was saying, like, to the point now you can't say anything that hurts someone's feelings, but people are like, we need to nuke Russia. I'm like, okay, so you have no problem with a Holocaust, like a fire and brimstone killing millions of people, but you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Like, it's just a strange, it's a strange climate, man, that we live I, in. Like I think too. we have reached, uh, seriously, as a culture, I think the American culture has reached a fever pitch of hypocrisy. Like yeah. we've never known the, the hypocrisy that we are living with on every level, every day, whether it's just, uh, you know, socially, financially, politically, educationally, the hypocrisy is just through the roof. It's crazy. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal. There's examples everywhere, all over the place, and no one seems to recognize it. Everyone, so long as you just agree with them, nobody cares. And it's weird. It, it, we could go on and on about it. I don't want to get into specifics because it'll, drive some kind of fucking fuck Greg and what he think, but you know, I'm not trying to be a lefty here. It's left and right. It's everybody. The hypocrisies are just out there. You know, they're right down the surface. Yeah. Well, no. I catch myself, man. Um, I don't want to get too political, but I was sitting there thinking, I see some of these billionaires and they waste money on stuff like, or Drake, as he bets $400,000 on a fight. And I'm thinking, do you realize the lives you could have changed with that $400,000? And then when I go to a casino and blow 2000 bucks, when I leave, I thought I could have just given that to a homeless guy and felt better about the whole thing than going and giving it to a casino when I wasn't going to win anyway, because I never quit till I'm down. Like, no matter what I'm up, I'm like, I'm just going to keep going until, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I can't do this anymore, you know? And, and uh, that is literally what they're counting on. Yeah, that's what it really is. It's, the, uh, the whole business model is that right there. Yeah, you, yeah you're going to go up, but then you're like, let's keep going. And then you start going down a little bit, like, I'll just keep betting till I go. And then just... Right. And, and the dumbest it. thing about the whole thing is it's never... I always will find myself thinking, well, it's free money anyway, but it's not free money. It's actually mine when I have it. Like if I'm up a dollars, <laughs> it's actually my money. I can walk away. And I'm you like, have I'll just to put walk it away. Yep. Yeah, I'll just put it all on on red and we'll see what happens. I'll double or walk away with nothing. It's, it's free money anyway, but it's not. It's actually my thousand dollars when I do that. So yeah. Back Walking away is the hardest thing in the world to do. Almost nobody does it because you're you because you never know where the run is. Where it, where it ends, so you think there's one more in it, and then when you take a loss, you're like, "Well, it's free money. I, there's got to be right. another way." And that, and I, everyone does it. That is what get, the house always wins. That's the whole premise. Yeah. Back to uh, Dice. Dice was my favorite comic growing up. Like when I was a kid, Dice. Well, we were like third grade, fourth grade. You know, he, yeah. had, he, had, like, he had like a sitcom one time, and it lasted like two episodes. But it was one of the funniest things. This is hot girl, and he goes in his house, and he goes, "Hickory dickory dock, just go upstairs." 
<laughs> dude have you ever heard okay so what's that that famous record producer something ruben rick rubin, uh, rick rubin produced a a dice clay album the day the in the 90s the day the and, and, it, and it was yeah and it was like live from rodney's club from yep. danger fields and they went in there and it was like all raw unprepared like unrehearsed material blah blah, blah. and it's the worst thing ever it did pretty it's, well though. People like it. They did it because it was he was so popular at the time, but there's no laughs. It's mostly a bomb. It's pretty fucking horrible. And it's like, why would you release this? And I guess artistically they were going for some warts and all experience, but the thing is just a disaster. They re-released it called Gringo Poppy. I was going to, damn it, that would beat me to <laughs> I was going to say, just like Greg was saying, things swing back and forth. Brendan Shaw just did the same thing, but, but uh, that would beat me to <laughs> uh, But yeah, no, um, which I never even seen Gringo Poppy. I'm not, I'm not even going to, I have enough time watching my own fucking comedy. I, I can't watch other people. I, I, I everybody never, wants, they're dying I, for me to make a Brendan Shaw roast video. And I'm like, dude, I don't, at this point, everybody's done one so mine would feel pretty hacky just making one so i'm thinking about doing a brennan shop intervention video which will be every bit as hurtful as a roast but actually acting like i'm trying to help so i think that'll be interesting well what i don't understand sean is what like a, a thing that you do and other people do it's this thing called hate watch oh yeah watch something <laughs> that you hate so that you could complain about how bad it is it's just like watching jake paul fight or floyd mayweather jr hoping they lose like but it's much funner who has to hope the time I don't even watch. I do. Who, I, I don't even watch things that I enjoy. There's shows that I want to watch. Fucking John Wick three. I I, I want to figure out. But I can't think to find the finish that. Or uh, you know, uh, there's so many great shows people talk about. They're like, oh, you got to see this one or that one. Or, and I'm like, I don't have the fucking time. You have time to watch things you don't like. Yeah, I found I found if I budget my time and I don't spend too much time trying to get back at hospitals for insulting me or doctors for making me mad or getting revenge in some other fashion uh, that I try to work in some Brendan Shop comedy here and there. But Greg, have you ever hate watched something? No, if I don't like it, I just stop watching it. I leave concerts. I leave concerts. I don't. If I don't, if I'm not into it, I just leave. I don't feel. But isn't it? Isn't there something great about like? If you watch Roadhouse, it's so bad. Or a Steven Seagal movie, it's so bad, it's good. You're like, dude, this is so awesome that it's this bad. I have zero, I feel zero obligation to finish anything. But I like Steven Seagal and Roadhouse. It's still entertaining. I like Roadhouse. I have never finished a Steven Seagal movie. What? Come on. Those are some of them are pretty good. Not one. Same with Van Damme. (laughs) Oh, those are great. Bloodsport? Are you fucking crazy? Oh, my. It's just so dumb. And it's so... They watching them gargle like mangle the English language. I'm oh. like, I just can't. I just can't. It's I too think funny. it's awesome when you're 17. That's the problem. Like Greg may have tried to watch it. Like if you try to watch Star oh, Wars wait, wait. now, I'm like, what the hell is this shit? You know what I, I mean? did. I did finish one. I did finish one called Double Impact. That was great. Where, where he played <laughs> twin brothers, and I wanted to leave so bad, but I was there because I was babysitting this kid, my boss's son. And he left me in charge for the weekend. So I took him to the movies. I said, like, what do you want? He goes, Van Damme movie, double impact. Oh, no, so we go to this movie. And I was like, he's playing, he's he's butchering two roles. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. <laughs> but well, I sat there, we finished it. And I, I know a guy that was like, I, ma- I, know, I know a guy that was working with him. It was managing him. And he, he had a show, like Amazon produced a show. And basically everyone voted on the show they wanted to bring back. And they brought back the Van Damme show. And never, and it was like his big. This is like a couple years ago. And yeah, then, I think I saw one episode of that too. <laughs> but, then, 
that his speech, he taught in his speech, he talked about how women suck and aren't funny and aren't good at things. And then they <laughs> pulled the fucking show like during the speech. Like, like what the fuck is wrong? Apparently they don't like truth. But no, he. Uh, oh, God. The, uh, I can't wait for McCorkle's words to sink all our careers. This is just- the best was his Van Damme had a show for a while where he was preparing for a fight. It was a reality show, and he was, like, getting ready for this fight, but they never said who the opponent was, but it would show him training and be like, this is going to be the biggest fight of my life. But you never knew what – like, it never happened. The fight never happened. It was a bizarre – it's awesome. Like, awesomely bad at a reality show. It's on YouTube. There's piece, bits and pieces of it. But I don't understand, like, but I, I could see you watching a movie once, and you're like, this is the worst fucking movie. There was a movie called Simon Says with Dane Cook and Dennis Rodman where they went around battling crime. And, like, that – I remember like, that. Yeah. And it wasn't good. <laughs> but <laughs> can you believe it? And John Panette was the bad guy, I think. It was just like, the whole thing was weird. But then, but you, Sean, weekly hate watch stuff. Like uh, every week, all I watch. every yeah. week you turn in to hate something. Right. Uh, like, <laughs> I, used to, I used to hate Bobby Knight, the basketball coach, because I was from Indiana and everybody acted like he was a god. And I knew guys that played for him. So like what, the first day of practice one day, he had pizza boxes in the middle of the court and filled with dog shit. And he told the players, you guys played like this last year, so now you're going to play in it. And so they had to play. The first person that jumped over the pile of dog shit without stepping in it, they had to run the stairs for like 40 minutes, you know, at the stadium. So his players, by the end of the – like, get, or then practice were covered in dog shit. Like, that's what – it was like the kind of stuff Bobby Knight did. So I grew up hating Bobby Knight because I knew guys that played for him. Because uh, I used to play – I was actually a really good basketball player, so I knew a lot – I played with a lot of guys that played at big schools or even NBA guys, you know, in the offseason – and so they all talked about what a dick he was and all this and that. So I used to watch every IU game just to see him lose, like the look on his face when he lost and knowing I've got a little bit of Terry Silver in me, like knowing that his night was ruined when he lost and he wouldn't be able to sleep, like made me sleep better. I don't know. But at least he's talented. He's a talented coach. You watch right. untalented people. Like, <laughs> you know what, like, though, it's been, a lot of stuff has been coming out about Bobby Knight, about what a fucking monster he was. All that stuff's been coming out lately. Yeah. I've been seeing some of it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy was a monster. I, I had, I actually had one of their assistant coaches contact me and ask me if I'd be interested in playing there because they had heard when I was 17 years old. I went to a small private school. It's hard to explain. We didn't play public schools. So I wasn't like top 40, but I would go play AAU with top 40 guys and dominate, you know, like, and they'd be like, where do you play? Like, I'm having a third of you. Where do you play school at? And I'm like, oh, a little Christian school. Our court was an elementary school size court. Like it was like the three point line, almost touch half court. Like I tell, it was ridiculous. But anyway, I had one of the assistant coaches contact me. I wonder if I want to try out with I, for IU. And I was like, nah. And like, you don't want to try out. Like we heard this and that. And I said, I'm not, not interested because I would never play for Bobby Knight because I'd heard the stories. I was like, I wouldn't. I almost beat up my coach like twice in college, like for real. It was going to kick his ass for real during practice. Uh, one time he called me a pussy and I stopped and like dropped the ball, started walking toward him. I said, what did you call me? Like in the middle of practice. I was only 19 years old, but he was about to get his ass kicked. Like for real, you know, in front of everybody was there. And then another time he said something I didn't like. And same thing, I stopped, started walking his way, and they got in between us or whatever. But uh, I ended up telling him I would whip his ass. Like, I was for real, like, you're not talking to me like that, you know, or whatever I'm saying. I mean, you can say a lot of stuff, but you're not going to call me a bitch or a pussy in front of 50 people watching our practice. You know what I mean? You want to so. see a good I'll say, I think, though, I, no, 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 but I think the, the lesson here needs to be pointed out. Christian <laughs> school doesn't work. Right. <laughs> it didn't, well, the one I went to was more like reform school. It was all kids that had been kicked out of public schools. So yeah. they were trying to, uh, like, literally a lot of kids have probation officers and stuff that I went to high school with. So Yeah, it was same here. My boarding school was for kids that got kicked out of other boarding schools or this mm-hmm. or that. So we, we had kids on our team that were, like, 20. They were high school right. kids who were 21 years old. And they, <laughs> I, like, I, 
I was in a, a, I was in all the premium programs, advanced placement. I received some of the best education at some of the finest schools, and uh, it was a pretty good time. Yeah, well, like, like, dude, every year our teams would be okay until the playoffs, and then our team was all ineligible because we had 21-year-old kids. They were like, yeah, you can't have 21-year-old kids play. Uh, uh, meanwhile, if you want to see a crazy documentary, watch 30 for 30 on Bo Jackson. That guy, like, when he was uh, growing up, he killed a – he used to grow – it was, like, all these urban legends, but they were – no one knew if they were true or not, but like well, the coach is like when he was 10, he jumped over like a Volkswagen. He used to kill boars with rocks. <laughs> That's how fucking, <laughs> they were like, they're like, and they're like, well, we don't know if these are true or not, but, but Bo Jackson, I'm the most gifted athlete in the, he came back with a knee replacement, hit a home run his first time. And then I heard ironically, it was Mickey's idea to having throw rocks at boars to train for football. Yeah, I didn't realize he went to uh, I didn't you can kill a boar with a rock, you can score a football touchdown. <laughs> I didn't realize he played for the Kansas City Royals, right? And he held out because he didn't want to play for Tampa Bay because they fucked him in college, blah blah. blah. And then the guy from the Raiders, the owner, what's, what's the guy's name? The Art Davis, yeah, Art Davis calls him up, it's like, you want to play with the Raiders. He's like, okay. So he just goes to the Raiders with no training camp, hadn't played football in a year and a half, and leads the league in rushing. <laughs> he gets 250 yards and replaces Marcus Allen. Like, like right. they're like, wow. With yeah, no, no, he was like the greatest athlete of all time. He like, was he the first man. true dual sport pro. Like they would just let him leave to go play. Didn't he play? Wasn't he? Didn't or was it Deion Sanders? Deion one of them played a baseball game and a football game, no, like in the was same Deion, day. And I watched that one too. But he, yeah. only, but Deion didn't actually play the baseball game because they were mad at him for playing football that day. He took a helicopter to the game, and yeah. they and they put him in his jersey, and then didn't, and then they like benched him, and then they didn't play him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I do think Bo Jackson and I was young enough at the time. Plus, he was amazing on Tech Mobile. But um, no, I think Bo Jackson. They, I mean, there's all those rumors. Like people like Wilt Chamberlain, man. They talk about oh, he had a 50 inch vertical leap. No, he didn't. He bench pressed 700 pounds. No, he didn't. Like the strongest players in the NFL can't bench press that. But Bo Jackson, when they say he ran a 4240 after one of his football practices, he just came in and ran it like barefoot a 4240. It does that. I believe that because I've seen him do stuff that you can't imagine anybody could do. You know, he would come in and play eight games of the football season and still have 1,200 yards, play half the season and almost yeah. leave the league rushing. You know, like, you just amazing. And he didn't, he didn't lift weights. He didn't, like, he, yeah, didn't just, like, he didn't really even – he didn't even – they said in practice, he didn't, he didn't practice that hard. He's like, I'll, I'll just run in the game. And, and then yeah. the coaches were like, all right. But it was funny amazing. because uh, – the, the, uh, again, before we get to the John Jones stuff, the Alabama coach came to his, uh, to, to, came to his house and said, listen, we want you to play for us, but you're not going to start the first two years. And then the <laughs> Auburn coach came and said, you'll start day one. So he went to Auburn and then beat Alabama, like, as right. a, as a, like, and won the game for them, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Cool, you know, no, he was one of the greatest college football players in history. You know who doesn't lift weights that you won't believe this is Bob Sapp. <laughs> no. He literally does not. I talked to him in 2014, I think I was in Japan with Bob Sapp, and he swore to me he hadn't touched a weight in six years. He said, I just do a little bit of body weight stuff. And I was like, dude, he said, well, you know, I was naturally built like a gorilla anyway. And then I told him that was racist to refer to himself like that. But um, now he um, he said, uh, he goes, yeah, I don't. And I talked to him not long ago. He looks better now than he's ever looked. And I said, you're still not lifting weights. He goes, no, nah, just a little bit of cardio here and there. And like, he has no reason to lie about it. Like, you know, he's, uh, but that guy's genetically, man, just. Well, Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker notoriously was all push-ups. 
Right. Apparently, he would just do like thousands of push-ups a day. Yeah. I worked with him. I worked with Herschel on a sketch. I worked with him on a sketch for Bellator. He was the nicest guy. Like, you know do. who else never worked with weights? Greg Romero Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So John Jones versus Cyril. Here Dom. we go. Oh my God, that's right. This is an MMA podcast. Yeah, this Saturday night. John Jones is back. And it's funny, everyone's making fun of him because he's like, I brought in these three guys, my dream team of guys. And one of them was like Jurgen DeCastro. The other guy that was knitting, you know, the, like the knitter, what's this guy's name? And the heavyweight that was like yeah, knitter. And I, right. the, I was about to say, you got a really, you got a really no, good yes. pronunciation on that one, dog. And then, and then Walt Harris is like the third guy, right? So everyone's like, what? Two out of three got cut from the UFC, but whatever. Okay. John Jones is bringing in these, these monsters. Uh, he looks the part. He's got what? Three years off. He's got something to prove. Seems like his head's in the right spot. He's training with Cejudo now, Henry Cejudo and those guys over in Arizona. I think first round takes down Cyril Gaon and submits him. Sean. I think if he decides to do that, he will. Uh, sometimes John Jones is so confident he wants to beat him at their own game. So it also wouldn't surprise me. Like he could outstrike DC all day, but he decided to take him down anyway just to prove a point, you know. But uh, one of these days, I think age will catch up with John Jones. I don't know that it'll be this fight, but one day he'll come out looking old. But until then, he beats pretty much anybody he wants to beat. I do think it's interesting that he said that uh, Nganu, uh didn't wasn't up for the challenge, didn't want the fight. That's why he left the UFC. And Ngannou is like, well, I was there for three years when you weren't fighting, saying over and over again that I would fight you at any point. Like, And you were saying, well, you're waiting for a better contract. But if Ngannou wants a better contract, he's scared. So, Yeah. Greg? Um, I Okay. I think the smartest thing that he's done is go up to heavyweight so that he doesn't have to cut weight. He doesn't have to change, he, you know, all the working out he's been doing over these three years. He can keep every pound of it. You know, there's no, not going to be a major transition for him. Now, I don't think he wins at all. I think the three years, what is it, four years? Five, how long has he been gone? I don't think you just show while. up. I don't think you just show up and beat Cyril gone day one. I just don't think you do. I know he's talented. I know he's strong. I know he's, you know, he's one of the best fighters we used to see years ago, but I'm sorry you don't take that long off and show up and on your first fight, take on the number one guy who, by the way, is also the most well-rounded heavyweight we've seen no, possibly really. ever. Not, I don't I, know. I, no, no. Yeah. He has the, I think he's so. He's a kickboxer. He's got no wrestling. Yeah, he's got no I wrestling. thought he was. I thought he had some pretty good wrestling. No, he's got no wrestling. He's like a French well, listen, kickboxer. I, I think he's still got a very versus a guy who hasn't been fighting. And just to think that he's going to be able to wrestle him right to the ground. Cyril God's a giant motherfucker. I just so is, don't. Jones, was a, Jones is a great wrestler. He took down Cormier. Again, been a long time. Been a long time. And Cormier is a lot smaller than Cyril God. So I just don't know that, I again... That was when John Jones is at the top of his game. This is a guy who's been gone a very long time, and I don't think you just show up off the street and beat Cyril Gaon. I absolutely think Cyril Gaon, even though right now Cyril Gaon is technically the underdog, I'd put money on it because I think Cyril Gaon's going to, I think he's going to beat him, and I don't think it's going to be that that much of a, that difficult for him. I don't think it's going to be that much of a challenge. I think you would be right if it was Nganu. I think you don't show up and beat Nganu because I think the power is just too much, and Nganu has this power that like can sneeze on you. But Cyril Gaon, I feel like, is almost tailor-made for John Jones. Uh, but we'll see. That's, that's why it makes it a good fight. 
It is, yeah. Are. I mean, John Jones is favored right now. I mean, he, and I think that I think that's the memory of John Jones that's being favored right now. And yeah. again, the guys who would fight again against a light heavyweight, he dominated. He had the reach. He had the power. He had it all. This is different. I just he actually don't know didn't dominate. Yeah, he actually didn't dominate against. Uh, against a lot of those guys. A lot of those guys, you could argue the other guys won. But a lot of the times it looked like he just didn't want the fight to end. A lot of the times I felt like he let it go and then it got away from him. Like he could have ended it sooner and he didn't finish it because he was enjoying the fight. We will see. But I just think that the wrestling, this dude, like people, Jones was like a college All-American. He was uh, took second, he was New York State wrestling champion. What year was that? You're right, but he has, <laughs> but what that, he's taken almost no damage, Jones. There was only he's one He's also fight. done no competition. The good news is we know he lives a very clean lifestyle, so these last three years have probably not affected him physically at that's all. That's what I'm sure saying. He's eating healthy Everyone's and not doing drugs. who and... he was, and that's not who he is. Now, if he, he could prove me wrong completely. I just think one guy is in rhythm, that's been fighting, that's a, that's on the that's at the top of his game, and another guy is a shadow of who he was that's fighting at a heavier weight than he's ever fought at. I, I don't know. To me, the odds are out of whack. I think Cyril Gon beats him, and I think it's pretty easy. All right. Shevchenko versus Grasso. Uh, I thought Shevchenko lost her last fight, but they gave it to her. Um, does she beat Alexa Grasso? That's uh, uh, that. I, I thought she lost to Talia Santos. They gave it to Shevchenko, but maybe that kind of woke her up. And then uh, Alexa Grasso, who's you know a really good striker, good boxer. Uh, she's coming off. She beat. Vivian Araujo, she beat Joanne Calderwood, she beat Macy Barber. She hasn't lost since Carla Esparza back in 2019. I don't know, either way, I, th I think Shevchenko wins this fight. Um, Sean? Unfortunately, man, with the women's division, a lot of the girls all meld into one to me. Like, I couldn't tell you the difference between one versus another. Like, the names, the girl you said earlier, the Suarez, what was her name, Tatiana Suarez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He must be really good because I remembered her name and she hasn't fought in three years. So I was like, that's a, I was surprised that I remembered her name. So she must have made some sort of impression on me. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Shevchenko obviously is probably the favorite who I would, you know, bet on, which means she would lose. But um, I, uh, yeah, the other one, I don't, I can't even, if I saw her, I would remember, but I can't think of one of her fights or what she looks like or anything. So uh, Greg, I'm not a really I, fan I, of women, I, I, to be honest with you. I, I, I think you nailed it actually when you said the last fight was a wake up call for her because she looked like she that was one of those perfect storms where she could have been beaten because she was highly distracted, highly out there doing all these other things, modeling and showcasing and doing all this stuff, not focused on the fight. Santos showed up, was a better fighter. I feel like that was definitely. I, I think you nailed it. I think that was a wake up call for her. I don't think we're seeing any of that same stuff leading up to this fight the way we saw it the last time, which means I think she's, again, I think it'll be pretty handily. I think she defeats Grasso pretty handily. Also on this card is uh, this guy, Shavkat Romanov, who's 16-0. and 0. This guy is, looks like a fucking killer from Kazakhstan. He's the guy, he beat Neil, Neil Magny his last fight. He beat uh, Michael Prezeras. He beat Alex Oliveira. Uh, this guy's a monster. Uh, he's fighting uh, Jeff Neal, who is also a monster, um, really good fighter. He, you know, he has wins over, I'm looking over here, but Vicente Luque, he knocked him out. He beat Ponzinibbio. He lost to Neil Magny. This guy, Jeff Neal, I swear, because I met him in Texas, came to my show, looks like he's about 220, 230, and he fights at 170. I'm like, how the fuck do you make 170? Uh, 
I like I've never seen a bigger cut of, of so this should be a good fight. Um, sixteen and zero versus Jeff Neal. I don't know who wins this fight. Hopefully Jeff Neal, but this 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 dude looks special. You know how sometimes these guys just look special. They're from yeah. You know, <laughs> um, so that should be a good fight. Bo Nickel, who's a guy who was uh either either a three time national champion or wrestler. Greg, uh, Sean. I remember. Like, I know. I remember Bo Nickel. He's a yeah. monster. He's three and zero in MMA. Uh, but. Who we don't know if he could take a punch because, but wrestling wise, he's the best wrestler in the UFC right now. Um, maybe you could put Cejudo there because he won the gold medal, but Bo Nickel at his current form is a fucking monster. Uh, he's fighting Jamie Pickett, who's 13 and eight. The only way Bo Nickel loses this fight is if he's one of these guys, if he takes punches, if he decides to show his striking, he could lose the fight. If he's smart, this is just a quick fight, a really quick fight. And I think that's what they're. I think that's what they're doing for. They're trying to bring along. I'm really surprised. To be honest with you, I think the UFC took a page out of the Bellator's book, which I don't know where they saw Bellator because I still can't find one of their events. But they must have heard that Bellator was signing these guys. Like uh, the fact that Aaron Pico didn't get signed by the UFC when they knew he was a at 17 or 18 years old, a national champion wrestler and boxer, and all this and that. Like uh, I assume the UFC just thinks they can have whoever they want, whenever they want. You know, as far as like those guys go. But um, it's uh, it's for once they got a guy who was I think what one and O or O and O, but they knew he was yeah. a superstar wrestler and they signed him and they put him on the contender series, which was a little odd because CM Punk went straight to the main card on a pay-per-view having lost 17 uh, like gym fights. Like they were the stories, man, you guys, I don't know if you guys were around during that time watching them made the stories about CM Punk's gym fights up at Rufus were the funniest things ever. They're like, dude, it, it, you can't even tell it's not pro wrestling. Like when he's in there, like, it looks like I, we're wondering if he's actually trying to fall down like you know, what I mean, take and stuff when you get hit. Like it looks like he's he can't even he forgets that he's not pro wrestling anymore. I text but, uh, one of his coaches the day before his fight. I text one of his coaches. I go, "Hey, uh, how's he going to do tomorrow?" And the, the coach writes back, "Not good." Right. That's what yeah. I, I used to. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to go to jail, but I used to text James Krause, and I, when he would text me back, still, um, I used to text James Krause and be like, "Hey, uh, how's your guy feeling?" Like the guy, he's you know, um, coaching or whatever. He, and he would say something like, oh, rough weight cut. Like, and if he said anything except he was sure he was going to win, I knew it was, you know, I mean, time to put money on the other guy. And uh, James Krauser, if he said, oh, man, the best camp he's had, I'm like, okay, he's winning. And, you know, well, like he never one of the times people would go, hey, it's a fight. Anything could happen. Uh, oh, right. like, anytime right. it's a fight, yeah. anything could happen. Yeah. Um, it's like when someone's like, is the guy funny? I'm like, good energy. Or, right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He, he, he was on Rogan's podcast 125 times. Uh, exactly. He, he really gets up there. Yeah. So Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> Listen though, this out. fight though, this Bo Nickel fight. Anytime you give, he really you give gets a, up there. I love that line. Sorry, I love that. He really gets up there. That's a great line. Exactly. That's what you think. Oh, he was up there. Oh, he was up there. Uh, this Bo Nickel thing. Listen, anytime they give these guys this, you know, this this build them up kind of a thing. I love it. Cause the other guy hears that the other guy yeah. hears that. And he's like, I'm nobody's stepping stone. That's when a guy who's 13 and eight is the most dangerous when he knows he's being used to build another guy. That's, that is the absolute truth. hundred percent. That really is. And so that's what makes this so dangerous for a guy who's like Bo nickel, who's a specialist, who's a wrestling specialist, who's not used to taking big power punches. This is what makes this dangerous for a guy like him. Cause don't think Pickett doesn't know exactly what they expect him to do in there. And he's not going to go in there to do it. 
Yeah, but the, I think the, one of the problems is I don't know how many wins this guy has by knockout. Like, I think that the UFC put him up against a guy. Like, yes, you're right. If he was up against a guy that like eight, eight and three with eight knockouts, but I'm pretty sure they picked a guy that like nine knockouts. He, 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 what did he? Does he have nine? Nine. Uh, that's a lot. Nine he's been practicing his flying knees. Like if he did, I, that's if I were him, I'd be going to Masvidal play, but throw a flying knee on it. Totally, yeah. Thing, you know, know he's going to try it. Exactly. You know he's going to shoot on you, so just prepare those flying knees. Sure, absolutely. So Cody Garbrandt is on this card. Uh, he needs a win bad. Uh, he's fighting. Let's see, four or five in a row he's lost. Yeah, he's fighting Trevor Five Star Jones. Um, uh, I feel like God, I'm hoping they put him up against I, Trevor Four Star Jones. I think Cody Garb. I think the winning move for Cody Garbrandt might be retirement. I uh, <laughs> Cody has a, won. He's won once out of his last one, two, three, four, five. Out of his last six fights, he's won once. But he yeah, Shaw, Asensio. I mean, he's supposed to Rob Kai, Kai Kara France. He's supposed to Rob Fox. They should have put him in against Brendan, 1.6 star on IMBD, uh, Shab. Put Mike, Mike, what's his name? Mike Jackson. They should have put Mike, <laughs> Mike Jackson should be like the Brooklyn Brawler back in WWE. <laughs> Losing every weekend. Every weekend. He would come in like this and he would go like that. He would pat himself in the back and then lose uh, every <laughs> single fight. And he was always dirty for some reason. It's like, is his gimmick that he's like big Ben? Like, I don't know why. Why is he? Why are his clothes dirty? Like, I don't he, he follows me on Twitter. Uh, That's awesome. He's, he's always putting Jesus stuff. Um, also, Derek Brunson's on this card. Brunson, I love Brunson, but Brunson's great. But for some reason, he posted on TikTok that his wife took him to court for child support and he was paying a thousand and now he's only paying 120 and he's dancing uh. about this, right? Um, <laughs> and- which really backfired on him because people are like, yeah, deadbeat dad, like, fuck, this right. is not something to celebrate. N nobody was celebrating with him about, for this. I, I'm not uh, sure. In his defense, I did have my wonderful ex-wife one time. I was taking my kids to Disney World and I had already prepaid everything, the tickets, the hotel, everything, plane tickets. And it was my weekend. So she couldn't stop me from taking them for three days. It was my three day weekend because of the holiday. And she wouldn't let me have them when I went to pick them up at her house. Like I had to call the cops and they said, there's nothing we can do. I'm like, I have a court order paper here that says this is my weekend. What do you mean that you can't make my kids come with me? And they were young enough that she could force them to stay in the house. So I told her at the time, I said, listen, I'm currently paying you $300 a week in child support. The way I do my taxes, I'm going to end up paying you about $30 a week. If we go to court, I will take you back. And I actually gave her the numbers. It was going to cost her almost $100,000 over the span of um, you know what I mean? The rest of the child support that was left by the time they were 19, 100 to 150,000, somewhere in there. She called my bluff. We went back to production. I ended up paying her $60 a week instead of 250, 300 for the rest of years or whatever. So yeah, great. And, great, uh, but, I'm not but making a TikTok dance about it, it may not be the way to go. It, yeah. It also depends on what she's my, my kids, like, it's funny. I was paying support, but I also was still paying for their private schooling, for all their clothes, for all their school lunches, for all their sports. Like, so not only was I paying that, I was paying, she was just using it for spending money is what she was doing. Like it was, uh, okay. and she's married to make a couple hundred million. Okay. So. Solid sidebar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, this Duplass guy, man, I don't know. I like him. You know, Brunson, though, I mean, they both, they have something in common. I guess they both be Darren Till, so. I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah. So here's what he goes. He goes, I was giving her $1,000 a month for child support. Took me to court. Now she's getting $222. And then it's, it's a picture of him laughing in bed about it. I mean. 
Wait, he's only paying two twenty a month. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. I don't, I, I, but why is? I mean, come on, I, I, Derek. I'm good, happy for you, but this not might be the, the place. Maybe to she said she took him to court for more support, or he took yeah. it for regard. He took okay. him to court for more support. That's a little bit funny when they get greedy and want more money and get less. That's a little funny, but. <laughs> like, um all right so uh yeah so derek is fighting this week uh i'm i'm, I'm excited I, I like derek a lot he's happens to be a nice guy also julia marquez who people think had maybe the biggest fumble in the history because he won his fight called out miley cyrus and said i want to take you out for valentine's day she responded by saying i'll let you take me out if you carve an mc in your chest if you shave shave that and then he's like i'm not doing that and then it, the whole thing was dropped. Um, Biggest mistake since the guy who came up with my nickname "I Eat Ass" has not capitalized on it. I haven't heard a haven't heard a word from him. <laughs> I told him, "Dude, you better jump on this right now because it's like it's strike lighting." I forgot but, all about the "I Eat Ass" guy. That's fucking funny. He had like an island boy type <laughs> opportunity there, and I think he let it slide, man. Like it. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, he should have done that, right? He's the one who called her out. So. And all I he had to do was shave it in. Man. He didn't have to carve it in. Like he didn't no, have to yeah, cut no. himself. Yeah. He just had to shave it. Yeah, that's it. Even if he had I, to cut it, the publicity alone for him doing that, he would have been on every, you know, what I mean, entertainment tonight, all that stuff. If that's still around, like it, uh, <laughs> entertainment tonight. That's still a show, whatever. Entertainment <laughs> Weekly. I don't know. What like, fucking year is it, man? <laughs> he could have been on hard copy. I don't know what this guy's yeah, problem. He was on. He was on uh, Inside Affair. What was a current affair? Current affair. <laughs> Inside edition. A current Inside affair. Inside edition. I was looking up there. The like a ninety shit. Wong wong. Remember on that show, they used to always have the dirty, the dirty one was the last, uh, the last part of the show. So they'd be like, oh, this guy is doing this. This actor's doing this. And what's it like for a stripper to try to make it in Las Vegas? Like that would be the <laughs> last thing. That, you know, they're, they're keep people watching till the very, or keep guys watching till the very end, you know, and then it would be 10 seconds of a girl stripping and that was it. By the way, so this wrestling thing, I, I put on a thing, it's gotten over 3 million hits on my Instagram. Uh, so I don't know what move this is. But some lady uh, took it, and I said, "I go, you know, this is I go, this is Dylan Dennis and Conor McGregor working out, right?" So it's two guys, and they have their butts in the air. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, oh, yeah, the butt. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What, what move is this, Sean? Uh, <laughs> you would probably have to ask Buffer or Dominic Cruz. I don't know, but I bet I've God, I can't even. Oh God, that's yeah. I won't be getting an erection for a while now. That's like, pretty. Like, rough. how do you think they practice? <laughs> like, whose idea was it to come up with that? I, they just keep when the guy I know when the guy threw the guy with his dick you saw that one right the wrestling yeah. one where the guy like grabbed his crotch and somehow he had power over him like he could throw him with it or do stuff but oh just, that's right that guy was hilarious that guy got me too that guy got kicked out of wrestling for sexual harassment <laughs> I, I really the guy <laughs> whose move was to submit people with his dick got me too shocking this is shocking <laughs> the hypocrisy in America will never end <laughs> Adam, I got to tell you, I don't know who's doing your interior decorating, but it's starting to look like a hotel at your house, man. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm in Las Vegas. Uh, all right, so I yeah. think we, uh, I think we covered everything, all the important stuff. Um, Greg, what do you got coming up? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'll be in Vegas, uh, third March third at the LA at the LA Comedy Club at the Strad, March thirteenth through the nineteenth. So check me out there, and I, th uh, I think that's what I got coming up right now. Sean. Oh, I'll be at the Ha Ha Cafe. Uh, coming up right here in LA. I'll be there on Friday and then again next Saturday. So those will be my local shows. 
So, I think it's awesome that Greg, well, go ahead. Greg is at least my age, I would think, uh, or older, and he's going to do all these things. And my thing is, I'm going to the Mayo Clinic soon, so hopefully I've got that appointment set up. So that, uh, Well, listen, let me just let me give you a little piece of advice as someone who's around your age, if not older. Uh, don't be a dick to the evaluating physician. <laughs> don't be like just the Mayo save Clinic. It, save it for the podcast. Bring it back here. Don't well, say Mayo Clinic, I don't, this is more like the mustard clinic, if you ask me. Like I'll just, be that one's fine. That's a Brendan Schaub level joke. You can get away with that. <laughs> don't do your deep fake, you know, like obviously I'm just here for drugs. I'm kidding. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that this time. You need I, I, the help. You need I actual think, help. I think I told you guys, I didn't I know I told you guys a story, but when I was giving blood the other day, I ended up telling the girl, like, did I ever tell you about time I had AIDS for See, this is, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Don't yeah, like, do that shit. When I said that, they stopped and looking at me. I said, no, I didn't really. I was like, dude, of all times to say it, at least wait till after you give blood. Like, not as I know, and you, that's your nervous. thing, man. You can't help it, and it keeps fucking you. So I'm telling, please, say, just bring it back to the show. When you're there, when you think to yourself, oh, you know what would be funny? Just stop right there. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop right there. That is... That is so ironic because I tell people say all the time, what are you thinking right before you say something real offensive? And it's always my voice inside my head that says, you know what would be funny? Yeah, like, I know it is. That me, know it gives is. me the idea. Like, Here's what is. I want you to do. I want you to stuff your pockets with dinner rolls. And the second you see, hear yourself go, you know what would be funny? I want you to shove a dinner roll in your mouth. <laughs> that way you can't speak because you're chewing. That's what I want you to do. Wow, that's, not, that's good that's advice. Like a plan. It's going to uh, really hurt my carnivore diet. So I will be at the House of Comedy in Minnesota, March 23rd to the 26th, and the House of Comedy in Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada, March 30th to April 2nd. Um, and then the Mayo I'll, Clinic's in Minnesota, so maybe I'll see you up there. That'll be awesome. And then you might, uh, is it in Minneapolis? Yeah. I, I may try to schedule my appointment around when you'll be up there. If oh, you, uh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. show's at the, it's at the Mall of America. What can go wrong? What'd you say, the 26th? Uh, I was gonna the, say this is this is the perfect storm. There's uh, the no way this goes right now. <laughs> it's the 23rd to the 26th of uh, March, and then this week I'm in Vegas at the uh, at uh, the Laugh Factory in Las Vegas. Um, and then uh, there was something else. Uh, I forgot what it was. But uh, you guys are are awesome, and uh, thank you guys, and I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> see you, man. Yeah.